sack Is that all you get for your money? And if that's what you have in mind Yeah, if that's what you're all about Good luck moving up Cause I'm moving out Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate Team here with Becky Ivins. I like the dramatic pause. <laughs> it always just delights me. Uh, you you make me you make me feel like a big deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be kind of a big deal. Oh, um, in, in the words of uh, Ron Ron Burgundy, Burgundy, right? yeah. So this morning, Becky, it's just you and me this morning, and you, dear listener. So if you want to call in and participate in the show, you can call at 405-840-1000. That's 405-840-1000. We would love for you to join this conversation. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about this Oklahoma City market. Okay, Central Oklahoma, basically. Central Oklahoma, right. Okay, and we're... uh when folks read about real estate, it is not – it's always national news. And we need the Oklahoma statistics because real estate's local, okay? The height of our market – first of all, we had a real high market in the summer of last year, 2021. Uh, and it stayed hot. And by hot, I mean a lot of transactions. In 2021, we had over 6 million homes sold, not in Oklahoma City, but uh, nationwide. That's the highest ever. And uh, so the market was, it stayed really, really active until basically June, July maybe of this year. Uh, things written in June that closed in July, right? And then uh, we've had what we call a cooling off of our market, meaning that things are staying on the market a little bit longer. Uh, People are not getting quite their list price, whereas, I mean, in June – it was 101% of list price, right? Things were selling consistently over list price. So if you list it for 200000 you actually, that that price range, you can expect to get almost 10% above list price in the summer. It's not summer anymore. So we always have a dip in the fall. In the winter, people don't like to move during the cold. They like to move during the summer, spring and summer. Uh, so our numbers always go down, but not quite as much as they're settling in at right now because we were super inflated on prices and on the number of properties sold and they sold quickly during the summer for the last two summers. And now you can expect your home to stay on the market a little more than twice the amount of time that it was in June or July of this year. But through the years, we have more of a balanced market now and kind of more of a nor- – what, what markets ebb and flow, don't they? Then they always – you've seen them through the years of they go from – we get asked, is a buyer's market or is a seller's market? And it kind of depends on the pocket of homes you're wanting to purchase in, right? 
if you're wanting to purchase in a neighborhood where only one home comes up for sale every six months and they sell for top dollar, well, it's going to be a seller's market still in those neighborhoods, in in those price ranges, those middle price ranges, which for us is about one fifty to about three fifty, yeah. is about middle for us. So, uh, and you might look and tell us what our average home is selling for in the metro. Uh, because the average and the mean, and the mean means more than average, because mean means right in the middle. Half of them are above, half of them are below this mark. And that has changed a lot over the last two years. Uh, so, Yeah, so in September of this year, our average uh, price point was 287000 Okay, so is that... The mean or the average? No, that's, that is the average. the 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 median uh, purchase price is two hundred and forty five thousand. So, so that's half m- the homes that have sold are below two hundred and forty five thousand. Yeah. So if you have that, uh, you know, that handful of fourteen million dollar homes, so uh, <laughs> that can skew your average. So uh, for most of us, the average price homes right at two fifty. Yeah. Okay. And which is up from about 190 the year before. Yeah. When bef- well, actually, about a year and a half before. Uh, so the prices have gone up, and a lot of folks are waiting for those prices to come down. I don't expect the big settling down on prices. I just expect the market to slow, meaning less people will purchase because of. Interest rates. Interest rates yeah. are up. That's been the accelerator and kind of decelerator of all this. Interest rates are up double Yeah, what they were a year ago. So that's a lot of payment that you will make to purchase exactly the same home if you're financing. And most everybody finances. It's, it's rare for someone to just pay cash for a house. Well, and but over the last two years, that's one of the things that has surprised me and maybe hasn't surprised you is how much people did purchase with cash. Well, actually, uh, it was a surprise to me. And we kind of dug into that a little bit about where's all this cash coming from. What was so interesting to me, Becky, during that time was the interest rate was so low. Right. Part of it is why would you – Use cash at that time when you can when borrowing is so less. Well, because you've got family money, <laughs> and people can borrow from their uh, retirement funds. Retirement. They can borrow from a trust fund, and they, as they borrow, they will give a family member right. enough money to buy a house. Maybe that family member would would not qualify for a home. Or perhaps that family member would qualify for a government-backed loan, which is well more than half our mortgages, our FHA and VA. And because of the market that we've had over the last couple of years, that buyer can't buy that house uh, because the seller wants no contingencies, as in they'll take a cash offer. That was what I was seeing so much as, as helping people purchase house was 
unless you had a stockpile of cash to do an appraisal gap, you couldn't buy. It was difficult to have the winning offer. So we'll be talking more and taking your calls when we come back on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Uh, We are talking about what's happening in the market today, and we have a call in from our favorite. NMLS number 196-895. Dean Riddell from SWBC Mortgage. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic. Now, tell me, Dean, we're talking about what's happening is we're kind of having a balanced market, but some people don't feel that way about the interest rates. What's happening with the interest rates? You know, it's all, uh, you know, we've had this conversation before, Mark. I mean, rates have somewhat leveled off. They're not necessarily, you know, we went through this spike over the last 60, 90 days where it was was just on a, a road that was continually increasing and and we're seeing some slowdown of that where things are starting to to table off a little bit. And if that would happen, I, I think, Mark, the dynamics would change. I think you have you have lenders, you have realtors, you have consumers that are uh, wide-eyed right now and nervous. When's this going to stop? But I think if it, if it would normalize, I think everyone would adapt to that 7% or 7.25 is our new number. And things will resume, but right now it's it's the uncertainty. I think that's that's holding people back. So this tabletop at seven to seven and a half percent, I mean, that's where if we stay there, kind of people get used to that number, right? And right. one of our natures as humans is we get used to whatever we're at. Well, that's uh, that is true. However, uh, we got used to. Half that much, right? And, that's, and that's we're not that's adjusting. Exactly. We're not adjusting so well. <laughs> well, and I, and I looked at some data the other day, and it's you know Becky has seen it in her life, and I have too. And the 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 average rate over the last forty years is seven and three quarter. Yeah, but that average rate, interesting number, right? Yeah, average thirty year rate, seven point. But it's the it's it's coming off that three percent mark that everyone's struggling with. Becky was spot on. I mean, mentally everyone is is struggling to see that you know double compared to where it was first of the year. Right, we are that. But as you look historically, it seems to be a comfortable place economic wise. Seems to be in the seven uh, percent somewhere around there through the decades. Where buyers feel like it's a it's a great rate in order to build their home and build their investment, and investors thinks it's a great rate as they're letting people borrow their money. Right, right. So, anyway, we we appreciate that you would come on to and keep us updated, Dean. Thanks, Dean Riddell. And if you want to contact Dean, you can give him a call at four zero five eight five eight seven 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 zero. That's eight five eight. 7770 or go to com. click on Becky's favorites you'll see them right there at the top thanks Dean thank y'all all right now we had a call in from Chris you were asking about multi-generational homes in the Yukon Mustang area 
if you get, but you were on a spotty cell phone, if you can find a cell phone service, please call back in because it's one of those topics of multi-generational homes that affect a lot of people, but it means different things to different people. Well, sometimes people are looking for what they call the granny pod, which is the little outbuilding that's a cute little house. I've never heard of a granny pod. Oh, you have? <laughs> well, uh, anyway, that it, it's kind of like for the mother-in-law uh, place. Other times, it's a mother-in-law room, which is like a bedroom and a bathroom on an opposite side of the house as the other bedrooms. And sometimes it's just... A bedroom, you know, and uh, so there's two generations that move in. Yeah. Uh, or a duplex. I mean, that's pretty rare for someone, a multi generational, to use a duplex, but it's not very rare for a multi generational family to live in the same house. In fact, it's getting more and more common. It is, and typically, it's one of my most delightful things to help people buy because you have to navigate a mixture of needs, and you try to figure out what is it that you need, how much independence, how much you know, apart from each other or togetherness works for them. And here's the hard part. Our multiple listing service, our MLS, does not have a button for that. There's no field for multi-generational or apartment attached or anything like that. So you just have to search the pictures, the descriptions, and figure out what will work. So you're a very patient man, Mark, because you have helped people with that. Uh, And it's hard. It's very difficult to find those because you just have to read and keep searching and calling realtors. And so call Mark and let him help you with that, by the way, uh, because you've got to have a realtor that cares enough about you to go to the extra trouble and work to find it for you. Figuring out those, and, and I know, Becky, I've gone to you before and went, which builder actually built the home that meets these needs? And so there's different neighborhoods. There are neighborhoods, in fact, like Apple Valley. Uh, there are several homes in that neighborhood, that, and that's northeast, mm-hmm. uh, and several homes in that neighborhood that actually have a wing for a different family member or a couple of people di- separate from the home. So uh, there, there are neighborhoods where you can find this. It's just... Uh, multi-generational means different things to different folks. So let us sit down and just listen to you uh, because we could talk to you, but we really need to listen to you to hear what it is that you need, and we will find it for you. And to accidentally, accidentally put in a plug here, we have a great one in Quail Creek. If you know someone it's, well, it's a- multi-generational, it's Fantastic. It's got, it's got a separate outdoor entrance. It has entrance. a separate entrance. Yeah. So that's, that would be good unique. for a home office as well. Yeah. Like maybe someone who does like a CPA business from their home or something where you might have the occasional client that stop by. I mean, it's not not for manufacturing or anything like that, but uh, a, a home run business would be great for that. It, it would be perfect for it. And I kind of expect that one to go under contract this weekend. So call. Yeah. 
Call us. So um, we're talking about the the market. How, Becky, what do you look for for a balanced market? How do you tell uh, when we're in that? Well, traditionally, a balanced market, things stay on the home about 90 days uh, on average. And we're at a little over two weeks right now on the market on average. So it's still a seller's market. However, uh, it's a seller's market when the seller gets to dictate the price and buyers are still willing to pay a the price and things do not sit on the market very long, uh, we've had a different experience with a seller's market than traditionally because this last uh, about a year and a half or so, the sellers have not had to pay closing costs. We're seeing that happen again, actually, to where sellers are not just closing costs, But sellers are paying points for the buyer to buy down interest at a lower rate. So we're seeing that. Those seller concessions are certainly one of the things we look at as far as knowing, you know, do we have more buyers than sellers? Who is it that is, um, has the kind of the, the better position in negotiating um, and for the past two years, it's been completely to the sellers. Um, if a buyer wants a property, it's it was they weren't asking for closing costs to be paid. There's not buy down of points or anything. It was just completely to the seller. Well, if you had a smart realtor working for you, you weren't asking for anything. <laughs> you were getting your offers written to where they could be accepted. I know that we really honed in on those. Uh, skills yeah. during that time because we were far above average when it comes to getting our offers accepted because we know the market. You study the market and you know what things ought to sell for, and then you work with buyers that are willing to step up to the plate and do what it takes to purchase a property. Because if you work with a an FHA buyer that needs 6% of the sales price p- paid by the seller in a market like we've had for the last two years, you could write 100 offers and never get one accepted. So you have to uh, compromise on something. I mean, sometimes it's condition. If that buyer wanted to buy something and have seller pay 6% of the sales price, say a $200,000 house, they'd be paying like $12,000 in for the buyer to purchase that home. Well, if the property was in terrible condition, needed new carpet, needed a lot, the appliances were 50 years old and half working, you know, maybe you could do that, but you've got to give on something in a hot market. And most of the time, you give on closing costs, and you, the seller does not pay those, and price. You pay above list price. So maybe let's just walk through what a seller um, can. I mean, all of so there's much more to negotiate a contract than just the purchase price. And those different things that the seller, the buyer can ask the seller to pay for. So the buyer can ask the seller to pay for the buyer's closing costs. That's one of the or a portion thereof. Well, and the thing is, is you, you don't write an offer 
seller to pay for buyer's closing costs. You put a dollar figure in there or a percentage of the loan amount in mm-hmm. there um, because each FHA, VA, conventional, depending on the amount of money you put down, well, FHA is 6%. You Seller can pay up to 6%. But on VA and conventional, depends on how much money the buyer has into the property. Seller can pay more closing costs if you put 10% down rather than zero down or 5%. The lender allows the seller to pay more closing costs if you, the buyer puts more money down. We'll come back with more talking about what's happening in our Oklahoma market right here on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate Team, here with Becky Ivins, and we're talking about what's happening in this Oklahoma market, this balanced market that we are having. And it's time for our word of the day. Our word of the day is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a small repair to a complete replacement. You can give them a call at 728-3700. That's 728-3700. Becky, what's our word of the day? If I can get it out here. Market. Market value in real estate, okay, is the actual value of your property when placed for sale on the open market. And it's determined by buyers and defined as the amount that they are willing to pay for the purchase price of a home. You know, Mark, we always tell our sellers, you don't get to decide how much your house sells for. You get to decide, does it sell or does it not? The buyers decide what it's worth, and they will make an offer depending on what it's worth. So the market value of a home is what a buyer is willing to pay for a property on the market. That's on the open market. Now, those of you who are getting these offers from what we call iBuyers, you owe it to yourself to put your house on the open market so that you can get the highest price that buyers are willing to pay uh, for your property. So uh, you as the seller get to decide, do I sell it or do I not? given the offering price people, buyers are offering. Yeah. It's one of those mis- kind of just misperceptions out there of uh, we as realtors do not determine price. The and market ha- determines The market the determines price. price. And then you go, how much is my home worth? One of those questions people ask all, well, it depends on your perspective. It depends on who's putting value on it. Well, and the thing is uh, – the, we do what we call CMA all the time. And what's a CMA? Comparative market. market analysis. So you compare your subject property that you're wanting to sell to other properties very nearby because you don't want to go to Shawnee and find a house to price a house in El Reno. Uh, you've got to go close by 
and what are buyers paying for homes pretty much like your home. And uh, that's what we call a comparative market analysis, a CMA. And we do those for folks all the time. I mean, I do – I get involved in most of the CMAs that are done at our office. And, uh, I mean, Mark and I talked about one yesterday. And it – there was a lot of determining factors on that, weren't there, Mark? There are. Uh, And every home has its individual determining factors. It's condition comes into effect, style of the home comes into effect just because it's 2,400 square feet. uh, If it has a flat roof, typically it's not going to sell for as much as a house with say a hip roof or a gable roof uh, in Oklahoma, because that's not our standard and those don't sell for quite as much. If it backs up to an interstate, <clears throat> or turnpike, it's not going to sell for as much. So a lot goes into the market value of a home, and you need a lot of experience to actually figure that out. I think where the biggest struggle happens, I know, for uh, buyers and sellers is when appraised value and market value don't match. Well, and what's the difference between those two, right? Uh, between the market value and the appraised value appraised value is based on homes in the area typically in the neighborhood uh, that are pretty much like the subject property and you find a, an appraiser will find three to six homes and will do a, a line item of how much square footage How big is the lot? How many garages? How many bathrooms? Does it have a covered patio? Does it have an outdoor kitchen? There's different things, a swimming pool. I mean, these account, and they're different for different neighborhoods. You, in some neighborhoods, a pool is worth an in-ground concrete pool is given no value in some neighborhoods. If yours is the only one with a pool, you're not given any value if there are no other pools in the neighborhood however in other neighborhoods it's like a hundred thousand dollars for a pool because most of those are more than just a pool they're an outdoor oasis basically so you can't say how much is a pool worth on an appraisal that when we come with the when we look at appraisals, we have to say, well, it's apples to apples. Therefore, this home sold for two hundred and fifty thousand. Therefore, uh, this other home should sell for two hundred and fifty thousand. And then sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they'll sell for more. Sometimes they'll sell for less because the market finds something a little different, uh, and it could be as much as the amount of buyers that are buying at that time. Right and. You know, more buyers buy in the spring and summer, so prices are higher in the spring and summer than they are in the winter. Uh, So, and depending on where you divide that out, you might say the fall and winter, but mostly the winter has suppressed pricing because not that many people want to move. So you don't have as many buyers wanting to buy the home, so it doesn't drive the price up if you have no competition at all. Uh, so the the price of houses uh, is 
I mean, condition, I would say, makes a lot. But people ask me, well, I need to update this and this before I put my house on the market. And I will tell you, most of the time, I will go look at that house and go, do not put any money into this house because you will never get that money back out of it. Now, an updated home sells faster, but not it doesn't sell for as much more money as it costs to do the updates. You don't get 100% back on your updates. It's very, very rare to get 100% back on updates. Right now, we're getting about 104% on outdoor living areas, like the covered patio with the fireplace and the built-in grill and stuff like that. The pergola. The yeah, maybe the pergola. They, you, it depends on the per- pergola. Is one of those that sometimes yeah. it has value and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, if it's attached to the house, yeah. Uh, and most pergolas are not because they're freestanding. But uh, the fact is, is that most updates you do not get your money back. It's that HGTV effect that we watch these shows where they redo something and. 30 minutes or less. Yes. And then it gets repriced at much more than what they spent on it. Therefore. And I, okay. The one show I'm trying to remember what the name of that show is. It's the twin sisters up in the Northwest, like they're in Washington state or something. And the unsellable house or something like that, because they go in and they, invest their own money, and do the updates. Well, that market is so much higher than the Oklahoma market. Like if if their houses are selling for three or $400 a foot, new appliances cost the same anywhere. So in Oklahoma, you're going to spend more percentage-wise on the updates than you are in Florida, say for instance, where things are selling pretty easily for five or six hundred dollars a square foot, uh, you can drop in appliances and a granite countertop, and they're not going to cost you any more than doing that in Oklahoma. But you can get more bang for your buck there. So Oklahoma has a very affordable market, but as a result, we really don't have that margin of profit. Yeah, so our average across all price ranges per square foot is $147 per square foot. Well, that's counting new properties. And that's new properties also. Yeah, I will tell you that existing homes is going to be closer to the one-teens. Yeah. Uh, So it's, you know, and a lot of homes, it's hard to buy a house for less than $100 a foot, though. Most of them are going to be, most of them that most folks want are going to be, in the 120 range. Uh, and if you buy new, it's going to be more like the 170 range for square footage. So uh, per square foot. Yeah, we've seen that per square foot go up um, where like if, if the home built in 1990 to 19 or to 2000. So if it was a 90 to 2000, you know, the average in that range in the, the month of September is $138 uh, a square foot, which is up. That um, is up from historically. Do you want? But you know the difference in that. I mean, I don't know if you can plug that in and look at it, 
but get the ones from 1960 to 1980 uh, or 1989 even because they have eight-foot ceilings. And there's a lot of difference in a house that's got an eight-foot ceiling and a 10-foot ceiling. And in 1990, we started going up with that, at least in the kitchen and living and entry areas, you would go up with 10-foot ceilings in the average home that was being built. So, and, you know, you got the cathedral ceilings in the 80s and the vaulted ceilings of the 70s, and those sell for more. But the eight-foot ceiling... It almost puts a cap on the price of the property. Well, and it, it it's so difficult to change that, so expensive to change an eight-foot ceiling. Not well, much you can do. Not worth it. <laughs> not much you can do when you have an eight-foot ceiling. So we'll be back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. It is time for our smoking hot deal. Our smoking hot deal is brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill, located on the south corner of 122nd and Penn on 63rd, just west of Meridian, and located in Yukon on Main Street. Okay, you ready for a smoking hot deal? I'm ready for the smoking hot deal. Well, this is a little bit unusual. Uh, Briar Creek, most of us think when we hear the word Briar Creek, we think Britta Hefner, you know, on the east side of Rockwell. Well, this is Briar Creek, two words, in uh, which is an addition and a street, actually, in Chickasha. And it is, uh, we've got a listing there. It's about 3,800 square feet. It's on one level. So if you're looking for multi-generational, uh, it's, it would be hard for this not to be appropriate for a multi-generational. It does have an in-ground uh, swimming pool as well. It's at the end of a cul-de-sac in three-car garage and lots of parking. So the house is set back a little ways so that you actually have a lot of parking in the driveway on this house. Uh and it's three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. Of course, it's got some different living areas as well. Uh, and it's $475,000. And this was built in 1996, which means it's higher. got taller ceilings, right? Yep, higher okay. ceilings. Uh, so anyway, that's our smoking hot deal. It is, a besides being kind of a good value, it is a very pretty home beautiful it is a very pretty home you know that uh jim and i met in chickasha did you really we did at the student union because we were both students in chickasha and that's where we got married is on campus at the chapel at in chickasha it's now called usao but it was different than it was oklahoma college of liberal arts but uh, so we love Chickasha. So there you go. If you're looking for Chickasha, evidently a place for love. There you go. Yeah, and it happens fast too. <laughs> we we met, and 32 days later we were engaged. Were you really? And two months later we were married. 
That's a whirlwind romance. That was. Well, I think you guys might make it. I'm I'm still hoping for you. I know. I'm I'm pulling for us too. You never know. <laughs> if you want to take a look at the smoking hot deal, you can go to BeckyIvans.com, click on search listings, and it'll be right there. You can take a virtual tour. Okay. You know who we're gonna have on next week? Who? Larry Robbins with Robbins Roofing. I love Larry. There is a big, big uh, change in the change law. Coming. Change in the law on roofing. So uh, Larry's going to tell us about it. Huge change in roofing. So uh, stay tune in next week for that. And then uh, we're talking today about a balanced market. We're not quite balanced, by the way. We're still kind of seller friendly, and buyers are still having. Well, they're, they're struggling with value of a property and the interest rate to pay on the mortgage. And both of them, well, I'll have to say the interest rate's pretty normal for an average market. It's 7 7.5%. Okay. The house values have really gone up a lot, haven't they? They have. Yeah. So what a buyer is willing to pay is a lot more than it was two years ago. I mean, typically you're going to have, what, 2 or 3% increase in home values in Oklahoma in a year's time. And we have had more like a 20-some percent yeah. increase in home values, what buyers are willing to pay and what will or what causes the seller to decide to sell, Right. Historically, though, we are we're seeing all the normal things we talk about in real estate come back in, which is like the location really matters. Um, the condition of the home really matters. Um, the the school system it in really matters. Well, the style of the home matters. Yep. I mean, if you've got a beautiful home, it's going to sell faster than an ugly house, right? I mean, I've I've had a lot of homes that are virtually the same inside, uh, but the outside is a different style, and that makes a difference. Some people, I mean, you you're going to look for that Mediterranean lover uh, on some of these homes that hadn't sold for as much money because those '70s Mediterranean homes that we have in the metro. They have the low ceilings and almost no windows. I mean, the windows are so tiny that it's like a cave inside those homes. So the style matters. Uh, and some people would rather have the cave than the glaring sunlight from great big windows. So it just depends on the buyer. Yeah. One of the other things, I, I don't know why this popped into my head, but you're just talking about the different, you know, we talked about the height of the ceiling, but in the 70s you had like the step-down living room where it created that little dance disco floor well, that, sunken down. I'll tell you what, room. there's been more broken hips with that little four-and-a-half, <laughs> four-inch or six-inch yeah. step down um, because people don't see it, Yeah, especially if the floor is the same all the way through. So we are back to things like that really matter in the pricing, and this is why understanding the market we're back to really the local market is driving the prices, which is the way it should be. Well, the local market's the local market, yeah. right? So that's why the location, location, location. We sold a couple of years ago a house on three acres 
that this was over in Pottawatomie County. And we ended up with uh, selling this for a ridiculous price with a brand new roof by Robin's Roofing. So, you know, it's a good roof. Uh, And it was like just awful how cheap that sold for. It would have sold for twice the money at least if it were in a different location. It was almost a new house. It wasn't all that old. And it was expertly built with solid material, better than average. But yet, it sold for less money because of location. One of the things that has happened over the last couple of years, and we probably, I think we need to let our, our listeners know about this, is because of the hyper um, market that we've been in, there has been a surging people signing up to become realtors because they thought it they saw that everything's selling so quickly they just have to throw it up on the wall so boy this will be an easy career move to go into real estate they've had, I think there was 2 million people that were in real estate school Yeah, there'll be 3 million that that drop out this year then if there were 2 million in school because real estate is an expensive business to be in. You have to have the money up front to sustain yourself until you get things in your pipeline. Once you run out of brother-in-laws and cousins that you're going to sell to, it's hard to get for a new realtor without experience. It's very difficult to get business. Now, when I started my business, I started with the same as everybody else. I uh, sold a house to my sister. I sold a house for somebody that went I'd gone to church with forever. So you start out with those people because they trust you to do, to be able to handle it because they know your character. But then your reputation starts to matter a lot. Real estate's not easy because there's no real book to tell you how to do a difficult deal. An easy deal is always easy, but you need a realtor that is going to be able to look ahead in the road and see that boulder and be able to navigate around it. What's the percentage that's out in the first two years of getting the real estate license? Well, it's more than half of the ones that go in get out. So, I mean... Well... After 40 years, I'm still hoping you make it. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being with us on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK.